It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Cincinnati Reds learned a valuable lesson in how this starting rotation needs to be managed going forward. We'll tell you what that is on this opening day edition of Locked on Reds right now. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team and to information for you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are your team every day, and we're talking Reds with you each and every day here on the Locked On Reds podcast. If this is your first time checking us out, make sure you drop a thought in our comments section for YouTube, or you hit us up on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds, and oh yeah, by the way, you can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs as well, and hit us up there. Uh, also, when you're talking about uh, the Locked On Reds podcast, we are brought to you today by Game Time. Download the Game Time app today and create an account and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. And Steve, where we want to start today, wonderful, wonderful opening day. The starting pitching because it just wasn't all that great. No, it was a fantastic opening day, and we'll get into that uh, a little bit later in the show. Uh, it was fantastic right up until the time that it wasn't. Uh, we've been talking about uh, all through spring training that the front three of this rotation was really going to be the group of players that needed to carry this team. Uh, we both felt like that when Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, or Graham Ashcraft were on the mound, the Reds had an opportunity to win those games. And we were very excited to see Hunter Green take the bump today. And unfortunately, it really just did not go his way. Uh, he only managed to stay in the game for three and a third innings. Uh, and that was on 83 pitches through that three and a third. So uh, David Bell goes out and hooks him. And I know you have a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah, and... I said that starting pitching wasn't great. I think it's just the way that David Bell handled it because Hunter Green did show some stuff. He had eight strikeouts in those three and a third innings. He hit the over. His over-under was seven and a half strikeouts for the day. So he smashed the over and he didn't even go four innings. So there was some talent there. But the problem with the way that Hunter Green pitched is that he kept getting himself into trouble. He would get to a two-strike count. It'd be 0-2, oh, 1-2. Very favorable for him. And then he would try to get that strikeout. He would try to miss bats. And we kind of saw a little bit of Hunter Green on opening day, what we saw from from Tyler Malley for like two or three years there, where it was he just could not, he couldn't get out of that at bat. And this just isn't working. It's not staying up here. But when it comes to the way that David Bell handled it, is that is where my hangup is. Because the strength of this team is its top three starting pitchers. I don't think anybody disputes that. But if you're going to limit them to two times through the order, forget about it. Like, that's not going to equate to a bunch of wins. Because 
I, I feel like these guys still have learning to do. It's only their second year in the big leagues for both these, for all three of these guys. So when you're talking about starts like opening day, where it felt like Hunter Green was just trying to slog through a couple of innings, like let him slog through it. And then maybe the fourth inning is efficient. I don't know. I, I felt like it was way too quick of a hook for opening day and way too quick of a hook for a team that's bullpen is very suspect. Oh, absolutely. And I have some thoughts on this. And before I pick apart what David Bell did, let's throw to him and hear from him what he was thinking when he went out there and got Hunter Green after just three and a third innings. Yeah, Hunter was Hunter started off strong. If it was really the third inning, 32 pitches. He really had to work hard um, that inning. Came out in the fourth, um, just not quite as sharp. So if he would have if he would have got hedges, he would have got got Cruz to uh, have a chance to get out of that inning. Um, but once he he lost hedges, um, felt like with those two hitters coming up, we had Cruz ready. It was going to be tough to get out of it at that point, only because of really the workload um, from the inning before. That was that was the decision. 80, 83 pitches uh, and three and a third is quite a few. So Hunter's going to get plenty of opportunity to go deeper in the game. Um, um, you know, the rest of the year, we got a long way to go. Here's the thing, Jeff. And by the way, it's so different being in the same room with <laughs> yes. you doing this. It's very weird. No worries about uh, Wi-Fi, right? Here's here's <laughs> the thing. There was nobody that David Bell was going to use. There was nobody in the Reds bullpen that was going to pitch in that moment that is better than Hunter Green, who's not having a good game. Bad Hunter Green. It's still better than than anybody else they were going to bring into the game right there. So for for David Bell to tout bringing in Cruz, who was ready to go, well, how did that work out for him? It worked out very poorly because he walked everybody. I mean, the the Pirates scored three runs there in that fourth inning, and they never got a hit. It It was walks and a wild pitch brought the three runs in for the Pirates. And I think the biggest thing for me is that this is a year, and the Reds have already said this. I mean, not they've said it in so many words by setting Tyler Stevenson up to not catch every day and things like that, where they're like, we're not expecting to be very, you know, we're expecting to be interesting, but we're not like going for it here. So there's an element of let's figure out what we've got. And I think that there are probably two schools of thought on this in that opening day. You don't want your ace to go out there and throw a hundred pitches if he's only going to get through four innings. But then there's also the other school of thought of Hunter green talked about after the game, he wasn't tired. Like he, he wasn't to the point where he felt fatigue from that start. And I understand. And, And David Bell said he struggled through a couple of innings, but sometimes that's what you do. There, there's plenty of veteran pitchers out there that have those 30 innings or, you know, 30 pitch innings followed by 25 pitch innings. And then they settle down, give Hunter green a chance to settle down and figure it out. I just, I felt like he wasn't given that opportunity. No. And, and I recognize that we're talking about the first start of the season game one opening day, but Hunter green still should have been able to go out there and throw a hundred pitches. He should have been able to hit the hundred pitch mark. And if that was only four innings, so be it. But David bell should have squeezed every pitch out of him that he could have reasonably squeezed out of him. And he didn't do that. And we get into this bullpen and here I'll, I'll, I'll give you a clue that will tell you, Everything you need to know about the Reds bullpen today. Mm -hmm. The best pitching performance on the day out of the Reds bullpen came from Derek Law. 
was going to say, I, I, just remembering what I saw, it looked like it was Derek Law. It was Derek Law. He pitched over an inning. He didn't allow anybody to score. He didn't walk anybody. And that's really all you can say because the Reds as a whole, I mean, Hunter Green had a couple of walks as well, but as a whole, the Reds gave up nine free passes. You, you cannot, I mean, you can't start out an inning by giving the opponent a base runner already before they even get going. That's just, you're not going to win that way. And, and, and people want to talk about, you know, oh, the pitch clock violation that Hunter Green had whenever he gave up the home run to El New Cruz. I, I, I almost feel like that was almost inconsequential because I feel like we've seen Hunter Green work through weird things like mm-hmm. that. I, I just think that there was this weird quick hook. And well, and that has to be part of his, his growth and maturing process. Right. David Bell has to leave him in games to learn how to fight through adversity, to right. learn how to battle back when a game gets away from him. This was a prime opportunity for Hunter Green to dig deep after a mound visit and kind of try and refocus. And, and David Bell just simply didn't give him that opportunity. Because what happens next time? If he's going through something like this and maybe he does need to be get, does need to be pulled, but David Bell in the back of his mind is like, well, I don't know. On opening day, I was a little quick with that hook. Maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't be so quick this time. I, I, I just, I thought that was a weird management decision by David Bell. But something else that was weird about this game was the way that the lineup performed. Because the year oh of steer is here. Oh boy. But it's just, you know, no one else really helped him out. We're going to explain why coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about Game Time. Game Time is an amazing app when you're trying to get to the ball game. When you're talking about tickets, finding the lowest prices, and if it's a last-second thing, like say you just rolled down to the ballpark and you're like, ah, oh, man, I don't have any tickets for today. Check out the Game Time app. They absolutely have a beautiful setup that will show you the all-in pricing, shows you all the fees and taxes and all of that stuff up top so that you don't see some price and you say oh hey that looks like a nice price and then you click on it and all the fees add like twice the price to it game time does a fantastic job no matter where you want to sit at great american ballpark i use it all the time if somebody asks me what's the best way to get tickets whenever they want to go to a game last minute i'm telling them to use game time yeah i get a lot of use out of this app too i mean you know me dropping into cities on the random right i just look for whatever events going on and this app helps i don't have to scramble i don't have to pay the fees i can kind of slide in at the last minute and get it to shows it's not just sports concerts theater any comedy anything that's going on in town you can get your tickets right there plus there's the game time guarantee and the game time guarantee means you always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference that is one heck of a guarantee uh, terms do apply again create an account today and redeem the code locked on mlb to get twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guarantee coming up on monday steve what will we learn after the first series of the season I think I know a lot of people think they know what they know about uh, some of the guys in this lineup after the first game of the season. But, uh, you know, we're going to parse through that on Monday. So don't miss our Monday episode. But speaking of what people already know, let's talk about the hitting. Because I know one thing. The year of Steer is here, baby. That was a beautiful shot by Spencer Steer to get out into left center field. 
absolutely amazing home run for him. He had a fantastic opening. Well, clearly Spencer Steer heard your rookie of the year clamoring <laughs> going on, and he he came out of the gate hot. He's ready to go. Uh, you know, besides the homer, you know, he continued to get on base throughout the game. He looked comfortable playing third base. You know, he he looked he now. looked like he belonged. Uh, yeah. He did not look like a rookie trying to figure it out, which is the most exciting part of it for me. Uh, for him to go out there and play like that uh, in front of the largest crowd in the regular season history of Great American Ballpark, that's a big deal. And I'm just glad to see it. Yeah, and he's not the only one. Uh, on top of the the game that Spencer Steer brought forth, Jonathan India, yes. who you have been touting when you're not trying to trade him, <laughs> he came out and delivered. He came out and delivered as well. He went two for four. He was right. on base. He was you know doubling and and running and hustling and and he looked great. He looked like the Jonathan India of two seasons ago. And what do you remember about him in the field today? No errors. Exactly. There was nothing to think about because he did. Fine. I think, especially for a guy like Jonathan India, uh, no, you know, not talking about his fielding is a good thing and focusing on his hitting. He looked phenomenal at the plate on the base pass. There were a couple of times that he had a stolen base or something like that that was wiped away by a foul ball or wiped away by ball four because, well, as much as the Reds pitchers had problems walking people, so did the Pirates too. But when I saw Spencer Steer out there, I did have one thought about this because I thought he was too low in the lineup. I don't necessarily know that I would have put him second, but I kind of thought that he would slot in around the five or six spot. Did this hit you like a bad lineup? I I, I looked at the lineup two or three okay, times yeah. when it finally came out, and it was kind of a head-scratcher for me, and I was ready to talk smack about Vossler, and I actually and tweeted it for game, everybody yeah. that was following me on the game <laughs> yesterday. Ten seconds after I hit the send button, you know, Vossler hits that rip down the right field line and and ties the game, and, and it, it was great. Yeah, but. No. I really questioned this lineup when it came out. Nothing like the Reds turning in their assignment right under the gun. I mean, it was four hours before game time. We finally found out the rosters. We finally found out the lineup. And you see Jason Vossler starting at first base and batting fifth. He batted ahead of Will Myers, although Will Myers didn't have a great game in his own right. But I, I just I saw that and I felt like, you know, I, I, am, I got immediate flashbacks to 2020 whenever David Bell had Matt Davidson and he was just all hunky dory about this left-handed DH guy that he was going to run out there. And well, kudos to Jason Vossler though, because he actually delivered. He mm -hmm. had a multi, you know, that beautiful triple multiple RBI game. So that, that was fun to see, but no, I was with you. I thought this lineup was a, a lot rough around the edges. Now I know also you've been hearing from, from your friends and, and people are tweeting at you and I'm getting the same stuff. People are all ready to throw in the towel on both uh, your guy in center field and Will Benson. Yeah. Will Benson. And if you're going to do that, then don't you have to attack Tyler Stevenson as well? They had the same they day. Not have a good they day. had the same day. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, Stevenson gets credited with that hit. I think it probably should have been an error, but mm -hmm. Hey, at least, you know, we get a little hometown cook in our way. Will Benson with the golden sombrero. Look, if you're ready to jump off the bandwagon for anybody after one game, I have 161 other games to show mm -hmm. you. Like, what are we going to do if he has a day where he hits a home run and maybe gets a double or something like that? Are we going to give him MVP? Like, I feel like we are want, especially here in this city, with the way that we have watched our sports and the way we have watched our reds for so long that whenever something bad happens, we're like, all right, it done. That's it. It's over. We're, we're good. 
Like, I mean, people were already hammering me for picking 75 wins when I was hearing a couple of days ago that some people were like in the eighties and they're just like, people aren't being optimistic enough about this team. And I'm just like, hi. Yeah. Got killed in January. When I said 75 wins, I'm still saying 75 wins after they lost on opening day. No, I don't know if you saw the odds on FanDuel for the over under at 65.5, <laughs> but just before game time today, it had taken a swing. A lot of people were taking the over yeah. and the odds changed a little bit. I so I think a lot of people got on board based on what they saw. Did the lineup struggle? It did. The Reds struck out 15 times in this game. And a lot of that was your boy, Will Benson. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of it was, but I, I have to feel like he probably was pressing. He probably was nervous. Oh, yeah. This was, you know, him starting for a new team in a new city on opening day on probably the grandest opening day stage in all of baseball. Yeah. So let's, oh, right. why, let's, probably. let's wait and see how he does in game two yeah. before we're ready to bench him and call the whole situation a bust. I think that, you know, part of part of sports today and part of watching baseball today is people try to look at it through the same lens that you watch the NBA or through the same lens that you watch the NFL, right. where one game can break a whole season, where, you know, one poor performance can mean that you're going to the bench for a while. Right. You know, that's not how baseball works, and that's not how it's ever going to work. People are going to have peaks. They're going to have valleys, to quote one of our friends in the front office. And it's we're going to eliminate just, those. <laughs> we're going to eliminate. Them. But you have to expect from time to time a guy's going to go over. And does it stink that it was on opening day in front of a capacity crowd? Yeah, it does. But he's going to have days where he doesn't go over as well. Did Joey Votto ever have a golden sombrero? He, he did. Yeah, yeah. It is People happened. have golden sombreros. Like you, you could be the best hitter in the history of the franchise, and you're still going to have those days. And I, I just, I hated for him that it came on opening day. Especially, you're talking about a guy like uh, if you saw that press conference that he had whenever it was official he's going to make the team and all that stuff he's talking about like he's excited to be able to provide for his son and and, and that's really what he's focused on is coming to work every day and being able to be a part of this team and he's super excited like that's an easy guy to gravitate around and then all of a sudden he has a bad day one bad day and and i've already i've already heard the aristides aquino comparisons and that couldn't be further from the truth I, I think he's going to be fine. I, I think that Jose Barrero, we still got to give him a little bit more time. I, I know he had a couple of strikeouts. TJ Friedel had three strikeouts. I'm not hearing a whole lot of bad stuff about him, though. No, I, I think the bottom line, the big takeaway from this game, from this day is we don't know anything yet. No. There, there is still a whole lot left to learn. We don't really know who this team is. And, and it's going to take more time to figure that out. So you're saying that Spencer Steer's not always going to hit 600? He's probably not, Jeff. Man. But that's a revolution. <laughs> there were, <laughs> oh boy. Nobody quite does opening day like Cincinnati, Jeff. And you and I had a blast for everybody that was following us on social media. Um, I was posting some some very fun pictures. Um, the Reds put out a picture uh, taken from Great American Ballpark looking through the Dora. And it was wall so to bad. wall. Cincinnati, you did a thing on opening day. And we're going to talk about that coming up. But before we talk about that, uh, I mentioned FanDuel. And I want to give a shout out to them for sponsoring today's podcast. Uh, now that baseball season is underway, you can jump on to FanDuel right now and uh, place bets with them because they are America's number one sports book. New customers to FanDuel are going to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet 
doesn't win. Uh, even if you missed out on jumping in on the over under on win totals, or if you didn't take a flyer on the Reds winning 80 games in a season, hope you took the over on the total score today. Uh, you hope you did because <laughs> uh, I did hit on Hunter Green with the eight strikeouts. I got easy, that one, so man, I, I broke even today because I didn't hit on anything else. But with FanDuel, there's lots of bets that you can can make day-to-day action so don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bat bet of up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't hit all you got to do is head to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more because you can make every moment more with fanduel the official sports book of locked on and sports betting being legal here in Ohio, I'm excited uh, to be in town, Jeff. I fired up the FanDuel app yeah. as soon as I got out of Kentucky into Cincinnati, let me tell you. Uh, and now doing that, you got to download uh, the Locked on Bets daily podcast. They're going to help you with your picks. They're going to give you a top-notch analysis, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts, just like Locked on Reds. All right, Jeff. Opening day, Cincinnati did a thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to tell you, it was – so nice to see the resurgence of opening day. You know, this is the first real opening day no since lockouts, 2019. No lockout, no lockdown, no lockdown, no COVID precautions yep, in yep. place. Um, and downtown Cincinnati was going off. Oh man, and and you couldn't walk through the banks. There were so many people down there. Uh, whether you're talking about right there in the middle of the banks, around the park, um, on the other side of Great American Ballpark, there were so many people. And then especially once you got into the ballpark and you got on the concourse, like I, I understood. And, you know, I, I think it's it's easy to poo-poo anything you see about the game after you see that the Reds lost. But when I saw that the attendance was a record, that made sense. Because if you went anywhere, if you went to a concession stand, if you went to a bathroom, you're waiting. You're waiting for a lot of people to do their thing and get out of the way. You know, I, I said at the time, uh, talking to some of the people sitting around me, I haven't seen Great American Ballpark look like that since the All-Star Game in yeah. 2015. That's yeah. probably the last time I've seen the park look like that. Uh, everybody that's a longtime listener to the show knows how you and I like to baseball at Great American yeah. Ballpark. Couldn't we wander. We couldn't get near the bowtie bar. <laughs> we couldn't walk around. I, at one point, tried to walk over to the uh, Valley Sports stage to see the pregame show. That wasn't happening. I took 10 <laughs> steps that direction and had to turn around and come back. My point is this. It was really great to see Great American Ballpark busting at the seams. Uh, we we haven't got to see that enough in the history of this ballpark. And I think that in the long in the long run, this is game one of uh, you know 162 games. But that is why I really thought this day kind of bummed me out a little bit. Opening day never bums you out. It's just the result of the game bummed me out. Opening day itself is one of the best days of the year. Probably better than Christmas, depending on who you ask. I think I'm there. I think I think it's better than Christmas. Uh, but especially in the city of Cincinnati, we do it no, unlike any other city. And I don't care if the Reds are predicted to lose 100 games or if they're predicted to lose or win 100 games. That is the place to be. But when it came to their performance on the field, I saw people leaving in the seventh inning. I saw people leaving in the fifth inning after they gave up three runs in the fourth. And I'm just like, people are ready to jump off any bandwagon whatsoever when it comes to this team. And today really didn't give them much of a reason to stick around, which was the biggest bummer for me. So you're right. And I think this is a good time to remind everybody that this is not the team 
that's going to be playing in May right. or June or July. It's not what the team is going to look going like in September. Yeah. There's lots of talent and youth coming. Uh, stick with this team. It's going to be fun and exciting to watch. There's going to be lots of fun things to see out at the ballpark. Uh, and I can't wait to go back on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I am all in. I, I might not be back this weekend just for other reasons. Might be listening to the game on the radio or something like that. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely ready to get back to the ballpark. And it's, it's going to be a great atmosphere. I know that there were a lot of different weird things that always happen on opening day, like running out of different concessions and things like that. I had a buddy go try and find some Skyline nachos and went to one of the concessions places. And they're like, yeah, we're out of chips. Like, how did you run out of chips, Jeff? They ran out of hot dogs. <laughs> they ran out of hot dogs. I saw the Chick Fil A was closed after like the fifth. I think they ran out of chicken sandwiches. So, you know, there was so many people there, and it was great to see because it seems like people want to buy in to this team. And I think that once they see and once this team really gets going, which I think is going to be here soon, that they're going to come back, and we're going to see more people bought into this team. We're not going to be talking about record low attendances mm -hmm. if things go the way that I think they will. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And before I forget about it, I do want to shout out all of the people that came up yeah. to us and, and stopped and took pictures and just wanted to talk baseball and say hello. That was great. That's the best part. That's our favorite part is talking to you guys. Uh, so, you know, and Jeff's not going to be down there the rest of the weekend, I don't think. But I'm going to be wandering around the ballpark all weekend with my Auntie Darlene. So you'll see us walking around together. Hi, Darlene. I know you're listening. Uh, so come up, talk baseball, say hi. I would love to hear from you guys as I wander around Great American Ballpark all weekend. Yeah, and thanks for the Kona Coffee Crisps, Arlene. I, I appreciate those. Uh, but no, I think that's a great place for us to end because we have had a wonderful opening day and we are looking forward to an awesome season with these red legs. But as we get ready for the weekend, what can people uh, expect? Well, they can expect me to be drinking a lot of beer at Great American <laughs> Ballpark. But beyond that, they can expect us to be locked in on what this team's doing. We're going to be locked in on the transactions as they happen, the rumors, the stats, and we're going to report back right here to keep you locked on Reds every single day. We'll see you Monday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.